Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome into my podcast with Ryan Fagan, senior baseball writer of the Sporting News. We'll get to Ryan in just a moment. Want to make sure and uh, tell you that if you log on to the site, make sure and enter your email so you'll get the Bernie Miklas Daily Bits column sent to you directly to your inbox, and that's right here on scoopswithdannymack.com. The doctors of Blue Tail Medical Group are some of the nation's top experts in the fields of sports medicine and stem cell regenerative therapies, so... Before you think about surgery, think about Drs. Bayes, Crane, Wolf, experts in stem cell regenerative therapy. Doctors from all over the country travel to Chesterfield Valley to see how they're doing this. So whether you're a high school athlete, a vet, your joints have been worn by age, arthritis, old injuries, your body still has the ability to heal itself. Let the doctors of Blue Tail Medical Group show you how. Schedule an appointment, 636-778-2900, 636-778-2900. Visit them at bluetailmedicalgroup.com. Let's talk a little baseball. We have Ryan Fagan, and Ryan is over at the Sporting News. He is covering baseball. He is the senior writer for the Sporting News. And, uh, and Ryan, it's always great to hear your voice and to talk a little baseball with you. I uh, I just wish there was more to talk about. That that's the problem. <laughs> it has been a slow off season, and and we knew it was going to be a slow off season, but it still feels weird that it's <laughs> this slow. I mean, we've had a, a couple of trades. Lance Lynn goes to the White Sox. We've had a couple of free agent signings, which you know the Royals have been the most um, aggressive team in the off season, which is a strange sentence to hear, especially because no doubt they're not really considered contenders next year necessarily but you know i think you know this is a market that if you want to be bold if you want to be aggressive there are opportunities to buy low early which almost never ever happens but i think that's one of the things that makes this off season so unique and about the 3000th way it's unique so you've probably been asked about 3000 times uh, about Yachty and about Wayno. Um, yeah. What do you think? I mean, are, are you starting to see a market develop for either one of these guys with some of the signings that we've had? Well, you know what? The, the Mets rumored to be um, closing in on a deal with James McCann, who's had a couple of good years with the White Sox as a catcher. Um, I think that market is starting to develop a little bit. You know, listening to, to John Mosaic talk uh, to media members the other night, um, he talked about, how Wayno and Yachty were um, priorities. You know, they really want to try to figure out what's happening with them and then they'll adjust. Otherwise, you know, I don't think the Cardinals at least publicly are promoting this as an off season where they're going to do a lot of work in terms of bringing in a lot of different people, a lot of big names. So I think it makes sense that, that uh, keeping legacy guys like Molina and Wainwright um, is going to be important. That said, there's a market outside of St. Louis for Yadier Molina and what he brings to the team. There's a market for guys like Adam Wainwright and what he brings to the team. And, you know, once they get to free agency, things can change a little bit, you know? Um, So I'm curious to see how it develops. I, I would imagine that they wind up 
back in St. Louis, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if if either or both of them um, winds up somewhere else, and, and that will be weird. Absolutely. Ryan Fagan of the Sporting News, my guest, and, and Ryan, you mentioned John Mosellock, and he spoke yesterday to the media. I was on that call, too, and, and you know, he said that essentially here in 2020 and 2021, so follow me here, he said that this upcoming January would be like 2020s right now, December. Right. Okay. Right. So you kind of follow your, your, you know, a little puzzle that he's got going there. But the point being is that the movement in baseball that we normally have in December, he anticipates we're probably going to have that in January. So because of that, and with all the non-tenders and some of the free agents, do you anticipate this thing getting busy right after Christmas or at least maybe first, second week in January, something like that? I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure that there's ever going to be a time with this offseason where there's rapid fire, big signings or big deals. I think it's going to be spread out. Um, you know, it's, it's different this year, obviously with the, the winter meetings being virtual um, because so much of the winter meetings, the deals that happened you know, Mosaic talked about this um, in his, in his press conference, zoom press conference. And, you know, writers have talked about this ad nauseum over the past week. I'm um, talking about missing the the winter meetings because a lot of those deals happen in, in conversations that start up because you see someone in the lobby right. or you get in a, a hotel elevator on the way up to the suite and it starts a, a conversation. And that obviously doesn't happen um, with Zoom meetings. Those chance random things, um, conversations don't get started. So I think you're, you're missing a little bit of that. And people talk about deals that happen at the winter meetings. And there are deals that are finished at the winter meetings, but so many of the deals that happen in the weeks after that are results of conversations that started at the winter meetings. And so you're missing some of that. So I'm just not sure that there's ever going to be a time where you see three big signings in a day or two trades in, in, in back-to-back days. So, yeah, I think it's going to be spread out. We've seen spread out off seasons. I remember when Bryce Harper signed with the Phillies, he did it after spring training. It started. Right. So, you know, I think it's going to be more situations like that, especially as we're waiting to find out whether there's going to be a DH in the NL this year. Any uh, of the non-tenders surprise you first? And secondly, which ones do you think could be a fit in St. Louis potentially? The one that surprised me the most probably was David Dahl um, with the Rockies for a couple of reasons. You know, I know he's had, he's had issues being uh, staying healthy. You know, he's spent a lot of time on the DL. He hasn't yet had a full major league season, but he's 26 years old. He can play all three outfield positions and he was an all-star in 2019. It's not like he was an all-star in 2016. He was an all-star in 2019, the last full year. Um, and he's a guy that was only scheduled to make about two and a half million, you know, and, and the Rockies have basically said, we're cutting everything as much as we can. And he was one of the guys they deemed expen- expendable. So, you know, he's a guy that I would imagine there will be a, a decent little market for. He's not going to get a huge long contract because, um, obviously the injury issues, but he's a guy that could fit in a lot of places. You know, there's some power out there and, you know, the Cardinals have long needed that upgrade in power. Um, and it kind of depends on whether the NL is going to have the DH and it's, it's, it's beyond insane to me that we are more than a month into the off season and we don't know what rules we're going to be playing with going into the 2020, 21 season, you know, but if there isn't an, a DH in the NL. I mean, a guy like Kyle Schwarber makes a lot of sense. A yeah. guy like Eddie Rosario makes a lot of sense. Nelson Cruz makes a lot of sense. And, and I think there's a chance 
if you're willing to act early and give a guy like Schwarber a two-year deal, a Rosario a two-year deal, because whether or not the DH is in the NL in 2020, it's probably going or 21, it's probably going to be there in 2022 and going forward. So again, if you want to be bold and make that move, there's an opportunity here. I think fans and and some of us, all of us maybe, are, are wondering why isn't that decided. I, I, I've tried to explain it. It's like the negotiations are when you go into a restaurant and you say, well, it's a la carte, right? I'll t- take this and I'll take that and I'll <laughs> right. do a little bit of this. Well, in baseball, it's just the negotiations on these things always seem to be a full plate. Like we have to get everything yeah. instead of just saying, yeah, that makes some sense. Let's do it. I, I just don't understand that. And from the player's perspective, you know, talking about a Nelson Cruz or a Marcelo Zuna, which some teams will only yeah. view him as a DH you've just eliminated half of his potential suitors if you don't have a DH. So they've got to get this thing figured out. And it's it's detrimental to teams trying to figure out what their roster is going to look like too. So that's the thing. It's it's not just bad for the players. It's bad for both sides. But the truth of it is this. The, as you know, the CBA expires after next season. Right. Right. It's going to be a contentious, contentious um, negotiation. And there's going to be rumors of all sorts of work stoppages and that's just going to happen whether i mean whether the stoppages happen or not i don't know but there's going to be talk about it because everyone's going to posture big and everything right now between mlb and mlbpa is a negotiation it's a give and take and i think that the dh in 2021 is being used as some sort of bargaining chip i don't think there's any other way to look at it um that's the only reason that something like that that's that important I mean, imagine an NFL team not knowing if you're going to be able to put somebody at left tackle right <laughs> during during the, the upcoming season. I mean, that's crazy, right? So I think that that's the only thing that that I can imagine is it's being used and withheld as some sort of bargaining chip um, towards future negotiations, which you know it, it's it, it's not a good look for baseball. It, it really isn't. No, it's not. And Cohen now is in New York, so they they've got a yes. an owner with. $15 billion, and we're all kind of waiting for him to spend. He hasn't quite done it yet, but uh, he's going to be a game changer when it comes to baseball, obviously, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, you, f- you feel bad for Mets fans who have had to deal with that ownership group that they've had there for a long time, and, and it just seems like every everything, with the exception of the 2015 season, which, you know, I mean, they, they did make it to the World Series, um, has been some sort of disaster in varying um, capacities. So I think having Cohen in there for Mets fans, it's the best thing that's happened to them in in quite a long time. You know, they're rumored to be um, very strong after George Springer. Um, They're rumored to be very hot after Trevor Bauer. Um, They've been talked about as a JT Romuto destination. They've been talked about as um, trading for potentially and giving a long-term extension to Francisco Lindor, you know, so they're in the conversations with everything and if they do less if they make fewer than two impact moves this offseason i would be surprised yeah i i would too in terms of the the hall, uh, hall of fame ballot um anything on there that will surprise you and as it pertains to st louis i i'm kind of seeing scott Rowland take the larry walker trajectory would you agree yeah. with that yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, I've had a vote. I've voted four times now. This will be my fifth vote. And I've kind of evolved my thought process a little bit. And part of it has to do with 
keeping guys on the ballot. As you know, if they fall below 5% of the vote at any time, they drop off the ballot. Well, remember back in Scott Rowland's first year, it was a packed ballot. There are seven guys from that ballot who were already on there, and that doesn't include Bonds, Clemens, Schilling, and, and, and a couple other guys. So you've got these packed ballots. You've got a 10-man minimum. Scott Rowland barely made it right. that first year. He finished with 10% of the vote. I voted for him, even though if I was just ranking 10 guys, he wasn't in my top 10 that year. But it's important to stay in that ballot. So that year I voted for Scott Rowland, and I voted for Johan Santana. And Santana mm-hmm. fell off, and Rowland made it with 10%. And now this year he's trending at above 60%. So I think that's kind of validated to me my approach um, using votes to try and keep guys on the ballot because when guys like Jim Edmonds and Kenny Lofton and Ted Simmons and on and on and on, when they're falling off without so much as a second time on there, that's just wrong. So I'm trying to use my vote every year to make sure guys at least stay in that conversation. For sure. The Edmonds one, uh, I've done a lot of research on that. Obviously, he's my partner on the games, and um, he won't talk about it. Because, you know, he's like, hey, that's just part of it, and that's life, and you move on. But I've said it. I, I think he's a Hall of Famer, especially when you look at Baines getting in recently and some of the others, and you start comparing. Yeah. Now, it's it's era comparing, which can get a little tricky, but uh, not to at least stay on the ballot is my point. Um, I, I didn't understand that one. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Is like, is he a slam dunk Hall of Famer? He's not inner circle. He's not Willie Mays. But is he better than some guys who were in there? Yeah. Yeah. And does that mean he deserved to be at least in the conversation more than one time? Absolutely, a hundred percent. You know, that's the thing that, you know, base, the the baseball writers have tried for a long time to get rid of that ten ballot or ten vote minimum. Um, the Hall of Fame has kind of refused to do that. That's the reason it's still there. Um, and at some point, hopefully in the future. We're just we're allowed to vote. Do we think this guy's a Hall of Famer? Yes or no? Yeah. With no other qualifications, and that's the goal. And hopefully, at some point down the road, that happens. Hey Ryan, what are you uh, working on? It. I'll wrap it up with this at the Sporting News right now. You always have a unique look at some of the stories you do. I love them. So what are you what are you working on now? I've got a couple of fun things coming up that are coming up uh, next week probably. Um, one of them is I I'm talking to folks who have had who started unique baseball card collections. During the pandemic, like one guy decided that, okay, I'm going to um, collect as many Andre Dawson in an Expos uniform graded PSA 10 because my be- one of my good friends who committed suicide a couple years ago, his favorite player was Andre Dawson. So in honor of him, he's done that. Another guy decided that he was going to collect um, the cards of the first black players to break um, into each team. So guys like, um, you know, Jackie Robinson, he didn't get Jackie Robinson's rookie card, obviously, because that's really expensive, but you know, the first player to play for each team. So that's something I'm doing. I've talked to a couple guys who, um, started doing uh, card art, which is, a, a booming part of the, the hobby at this point, but not only are they creating card art, but they're basically selling their, uh, their product, their products for charity, you know, to give the proceeds to charity. So, there's a bunch of cool things like that, and it's it's kind of enveloped in, or developed into a longer story than I anticipated to start with, um, but that's something that'll come out next week, and I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, looking forward to it. Ryan Fagan of the Sporting News, as always, uh, thanks for jumping on. Appreciate it. Stay safe, stay healthy, and have a great holiday season. Great. Thanks. You too, Dan. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.